Hi, and welcome to No Crying in Baseball, episode 94, the Fun Cup episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Newly cleaned Potty Mouth, that is, after our hot afternoon at the Hot Fun Cup. A fun cup of, of just hot fun. Right, right? No. I'm not sure where you're going with I don't so know. It was It was sweaty fun. I don't think people need to know yeah. this. Tell me the name of this in Spanish. What we do need to know is what the fun cup is, which is La Copa de Diversión. And we've talked about that before in our podcast. And it's how a bunch of minor league teams, but not all of them, have an alternate identity for certain games of the season. And they have a basically a Latino identity, maybe the same name translated, maybe a totally different name, like the Bowie Bay Sox turned into the... The Cangrejos Fantasmas, which was so cool. The ghost crabs. The ghost crabs of the Chesapeake, as opposed yeah. to any of the other ghost crabs out there. Yeah, so I, I actually got a shirt. We went there because it was the only um, sort of Red Sox rivalry game that we could make this season. The the one that when the Red Sox were in Camden Yards was 102 degrees, and we passed on that. This was a little bit less. It was only about 90, so we went with the double-A version of, <laughs> totally. of the Red Sox-Orioles rivalry. It yeah. was big fun. And about and about half price. But I, when I wa- walked into the store, I was like, how can I not get a Cangrejos Fantasmas t-shirt? It's very cool. It's a good so one. I'm happy with it. On today's show, we've got some boyfriend updates with Nelson Cruz and Cedric Mullins. We're going to check in on our predictions like we do every month. It's not looking so good for your hosts here. When is a trade deadline not a trade deadline? We found some loopholes in that July 31st deadline. We're going to talk about some guys who have been DFA'd recently, Jonathan LaCroix and Danny Farquhar, and what's next for them. Sometimes pitchers are athletes, which I like to say, and sometimes they are not, which Potty Mouth likes to point out. Um, So we're going to talk about both of those things. The Pirates and the Reds got into a huge brawl this week, and there's a lot of fallout, which is kind of important in my view, so we're going to talk about that. I want to tell you that protective netting is fun. We're going to talk about that a little bit and maybe show you some video later on on our social media. We're going to tell you about Glovegate with the Chicago Cubs. We're going to update you on the Nationals Tournament for baseball for all girls playing baseball. We love that. And we're going to close with some alliterative cross-training in Cleveland with Baker Beer and Baseball. Speaking of social media... Anyone who's not seen our Instagram update for this episode should go there right now. We're at uh, No Crying and B-Ball on Instagram like we are on Facebook because Patty is sporting the coolest Bowie Bay Sox hat that I think I have ever seen. There's a lot of color. There's so much color. Did I say Bowie right? You said Bowie right. Okay, good. You did it. It was beautiful. I want to talk about my boyfriend with the twins, Nelson Cruz. Why? Because he's 39 years old. He is an old guy and he just made a little bit of history. He had never, I believe, never had three home runs in a single game until about 10, 12 days ago, and then he did it again. That's so awesome. So not only twice in 10 days, but he's the oldest ball player to do it in one season. 39 years old, had those two games within 10 days. He also has a couple of consecutive games with five RBIs, and this is his sixth straight season with 30 or more home runs and We're only about two-thirds of the way through the season, so there's more to come from Nelson Cruz. I think that's cool. Check out your boyfriend picks. Just reminding folks, especially our new listeners, that we have baseball boyfriends. We are not creepy. We pick these guys because they're (laughs) cool, and we'd love to hang out with them and have a beer. There's got to be something special on the field, but something cool off the field. And power to this older guy for, for hitting. And on the other end, 
I have overlooked a boyfriend and I feel bad about it. This is tied in with our visit to the Baysox earlier today. Cedric Mullins, I picked as my Orioles boyfriend at the beginning of the season. We were there at the O's game for his first, his, his major league debut last year when Adam Jones basically handed off his position in center field to Cedric Mullins. And he was great. And he was great for a couple of weeks. And then he was less <laughs> great. So this past April, he was bounced down to AAA. Norfolk AAA. And then just a few weeks ago, um, when we started talking about going to see the Bay Sox for the Fun Cup, we f- I found out actually just today that a couple weeks ago, he had been booted down to AA, to the Bowie Bay Sox, apparently to get his mojo working. You know, I think it is working. I really wish I had taken a picture of the whiteboard. Did you see that about how many multiple home run games that he's had? Yeah. And there was something there. And we saw him get the, his first his first at bat was a single. So we thought we'd see him rolling today, but things slow down. But, you know, the team didn't need him because they clobbered the Portland Sea Dogs. They Something did. like, what was it, 11 to 3? Uh, no, it was like 10, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was. That's yeah. true. That's true. So I'm hoping it's going to be good for him. With you know, Having Adam Jones hand off his position to you is a huge amount of responsibility. And he's a young guy. And so I don't know what happened. It could have been anything, but hopefully he'll be back. But I just feel bad that I wasn't paying attention to that boyfriend because I didn't put him in my lineup for our fantasy team. So I was paying less attention. And I wonder if I paid more attention if – things would have been different for him. Or, or it was just like maybe that cosmic like influence that just pulled us to the stadium today so that when you have a neglected boyfriend out there, there's a sign in the world that brings your attention to Attention him. must be paid. Exactly. Okay, I feel better about that. Thank you. We have stuff to say about entire teams, and I really hate the fact that you have us go back to this every month. But <laughs> but at the beginning, and I promised Patty I would do this, at the beginning of the year, we made some predictions. Ouch. Yeah, maybe you can see where this is going. So we're reviewing our monthly predictions on who's going to win the divisions, who's going to get the Cy Young, who's going to get Rookie of the Year. AL East, huh? So it's been a miserable week for me watching the Red Sox lose continuously to the Rays and the Yankees. I have hope that something good is happening right now with Price and Hap. Oh, side note, the Yankees and the Red Sox playing tonight each has a pitcher coming off of paternity leave. Paternity leave. Did I say that right? You did. I wonder if that's like a first thing. Is there a stat for that? There's a stat for everything. This may be the first stat for that, but it is now a stat. So let's see what's happening. But Red Sox, I had predicted to win. They're not doing so well, as I just said. Nobody would trade with them or the Yankees. So the Yankees are doing well. And I did pick them for the wild card grudgingly, but they don't have any friends. Or maybe the Red Sox don't have any friends. Anyway, neither one made anything (laughs) big at the trade deadline. So you know who did big things the trade deadline there in the American League would be Cleveland and Houston. Mm -hmm. They both got better. Oh, boy, did they. So... Puig and Franmil go to fr- go to Cleveland and from let's see Puig from the Reds and Franmil from San Diego. Yeah, that was a fun, crazy trade to watch. Yeah, that happening. was like a, a zillion way trade, mm-hmm. and it's already paying off for Cleveland. Their offense has been ignited, and apparently so has their clubhouse because these guys are the, like the the community guys, the fun guys, the bring it all together, keep everybody in a good mood guys. So I think that's going to be a, a difference for Cleveland. They're a party. Yeah. And both of us, for the record, picked both Cleveland for mm-hmm. the Central and the Astros for the West. And the Astros yeah. getting granky at the last minute at the wire when we thought all the trading was done. I think they're pretty solid that they're going to just continue romping. 
Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think they're they're a gimme for sure now. So, um, yeah, I mean, they already had a great pitching staff and it just got better. So I'm feeling good about, I want to say feeling good about the Yankees, but what I mean is I'm yeah. feeling good that I picked them. And so my prediction is holding true with the Yankees. I'm hoping Cleveland continues to, to kick in there. And, you know, the Astros, we're going to cruise with that one, both of us. Yeah, yeah. So Cleveland is not ahead. They're down just they're a three few, games, but three they're, games. they're on a roll. Yep. So we're going to stand by our predictions there. Oh, we should say the Twins are actually the ones that are in the lead. We, geez, yeah. We because keep, we don't want to ignore the twins. Twins again, again. Right. Although you gave them some props earlier with Nelson Cruz. I so, yes. You're right. I'm done. Check that twins, off my list. Forget twins, it. I take it all back. You. All right. We're going over to the National League and our beloved Nationals, who have not won a series this past week, but they've at least won a game in each series. So that's like a plus oh, for me. It's damning with um, faint praise. <laughs> yeah. Well, but they did something at the trade. So I'm hopeful they got some bullpen acquisitions. But your memory is way better than mine, and you you immediately noticed, wait, Hunter Strickland? Pardon me while I say, holy shit, Hunter Strickland. <laughs> Who's the potty mouth there? Yeah, I am yeah. When, it, when it involves Hunter Strickland. Okay, um, roll back a couple of years. There is a brawl because Hunter Strickland throws at Bryce Harper. Um, Giants playing the Nationals in San Francisco, throws at Bryce Harper because a year or more ago, Harper hit a great big home run off of him. So instead of just trying to strike him out, he tries to kill him. And so a giant brawl ensues. And my favorite part of that brawl actually is Buster Posey just sitting back and watching it happen because he's like, screw you, pitcher. This is on you. I have nothing to do with it. So yeah, but Hunter Strickland, I think the one time he came to Nats Park was booed soundly and now he's there. Yeah, so what I want to see is Bryce Harper in a Phillies jersey at Nats Park facing Hunter Strickland in a Nats jersey. And I just want to feel that vibe for a minute. And I kind of wish that they would have put a number 34 on that Nats jersey that they gave Strickland. I don't know what number they gave them, but we would know if it was Harper's Ooh. old number because wouldn't that be something? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I still I, I still have the the, ew, the icks, the, the creepy crawly icks about it's, Strickland being there. It's a weird thing. And I know you're going to talk about another one of those pitchers in just a moment. But wait, wait, I have been out of the picture in the Central League. And last I checked, which is probably different by the time you guys are listening to this, but it's got to be close. St. Louis was tied for the top of the Central for the first time since we've been doing this reporting. So why aren't I doing better in our fantasy league? Why aren't we talking about the Cardinals? The Cardinals oh, are this week's shit. twins. Yes, they are. They really are. So like we, we're, we now feel like we've made amends to the twins. Now it's Cardinals. We see you. Oh, my God. We've not been paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. And a little bit of a shout out. Hey, folks from Padres Nation, I picked the Padres in the West. I am sucking behind because of it. But, you know, I am holding hope there because they're just 19 and a half behind. But they have the, the best spirit in the country. So go Padres. I'm going to stick stick to so my prediction in the West. I am the one who holds fast to the phrase adorable is not a sports <laughs> word. But, man, you are adorable when you go with a team that's 19 and a half games behind. Okay. I've got the Dodgers. I have no fear that the Dodgers are a lock in that division. So I'm feeling good about that. I think Atlanta is a lock in the East, which is making me mad because I – Picked actually the Phillies and the Nats to be the wild card. Wow. And I'm, I would be okay to be wrong about that. But oh my God, Atlanta is just, and they got better too. That's true. They got they, better they, as well with the trades. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Oh, well. Cy Young. Uh, shit. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I watched Chris Sale dissolve again yesterday. He let up seven or eight. I forget how much before he finally got pulled. That was not the best pick. And there was some weird stat about how last year was maybe one of his best seasons. And this year is definitely his all-time worst in the majors. So, fuck that. Mm. Yeah, so I had Trevor Bauer, who, um, you know, has just... Oh, is on the move. He, well, he's on the move, yeah. He went to the Reds. Um, glimmers of brilliance periodically, but not um, cons- consistently. So he is not in the conversation right now. So now Mike Miner of the Rangers, who I've never paid attention to at all, seems huh. to be rising to the top of the American League Cy Young conversation. How about that? And we both picked Scherzer, right, for now? We did, and he's on the IL right now. I mean, he's been— Again. Again, yes. And so is Ryu. Ryu just went on it, and he's the other one who— All the, the polls either say Scherzer or Ryu of the Dodgers, and now they're both injured. So it's kind of opening up, so we shall see what happens there. Yeah, yikes. Let's. I, I really hope the best for Max Scherzer, for, for his good and for ours. Rookie of the Year— American League, I chose Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who recently had a grand slam and some really cute dancing. He's that got I think, moves. He's got total moves. Yeah. I think I put that on hair our Facebook. Moves. moves and hair. Yes. What a combination. Yeah. Oh, speaking of hair, I'll just do my National League, too. Tatis Jr., is there like a – I've got a pattern here for that, that like I bet he's got moves, curls, too. Does he have moves? Blonde, and oh, my God, he has moves. Right? I've yeah, seen his, the moves. His Instagram. Oh, well, we just figured out how you choose your rookies of the year. Oh. Moves and hair. That – <laughs> that's a winning combo always in hair or hair moving <laughs> so um i picked pete alonzo nationally he's still on top but tatis is gaining on him for sure Ooh. and um brandon lau is on top for the american league although i had um Eloy jimenez but so vlad jr who potty mouth picked and Eloy jimenez from the white Sox were both injured for a while or got late starts so brandon lau had a, a big jump on all these guys our guys are gaining a little bit so there's they're in the conversation now where they weren't a month or two ago. That's interesting because Jimenez one of the with the reasons why you were in good shape with him is because he actually started the year playing, mm. right? Until he so was now injured. He's yep. losing time. You never know you what never Mother know. Nature has in store. Remember how there's one trade deadline now and it's July thirty first and it passed? You taught me that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, guess what? I didn't tell you the whole story, mainly because I didn't know the whole story. It turns out It may be the trade deadline, but guys can still move around. Makes no sense to me. There are loopholes. Can I tell you about the loopholes? Please do. All right. So minor league guys can be swapped back and forth. The guys who cannot be swapped back and forth are those who have major league contracts or have spent any time at all in the majors this year. So if so, the whole thing, the whole problem that people were citing about the July 31st deadline was what if guys get hurt? How do you fill mm-hmm. those spots? Well, there's a couple ways. One of those ways is you pull somebody up from the minors. And if you don't have somebody in your farm system that works, you can trade with other minor league players if they haven't played in the majors this year. And you know what? who else counts for this? Major league players who got moved around and signed minor league contracts. So they formerly they played in the majors, but they haven't yet this year. They've stayed in the minors. They could get called up. 
So you could have people with a lot of experience, especially at the end of the season. That's what often happens is you kind of rent somebody for a while. Those guys are out there and they can be rented. The other thing that can happen is guys can be DFA'd, designated for assignment, which means they're out there and something has to happen with them. They have to go through waivers, which means other teams can pick them up through waivers or they can um, just be released. They can become free agents and they can get signed. So there will be players available. It's just not the regular trade of guys with major league contracts that are current. Um, Last week, we talked a little bit about the Atlantic League. They are an independent league. There's some other independent leagues. Those guys are up for grabs. So are guys who play overseas in international leagues. So there are places, there are pools of talent that could be drawn from. So if your favorite team all of a sudden is a spate of injuries, never fear. You can find some guys. You just need some magic scout out there. You do. Looking in all the right places. Speaking of DFA, so that has actually happened. I think more than I'm about to talk about, but the one that kind of it's just a bad taste in my mouth is we we talked a couple of weeks ago about Jonathan Lucroy of the Angels who had a head on head collision with Jake Marisnik of the of the Astros. That was a that was a scary, ugly collision. Broken nose. Yeah. Fractured stuff, all sorts of horrible things. So he actually just missed 18 games, which I think seemed pretty small to me for what what it looked like. But two days after he got back from the IL, he was DFA'd. And just the optics on that are really ugly. And I guess the writing was on the wall at the trade deadline because the Angels picked up Max Stassi from the Astros. Looked at his stats. He's batting below 200. I don't totally understand this unless they feel, sadly, that the medical condition of Lucroy is bad enough that they're cutting cutting their ties. And poor Lucroy. So remember, not only did he have this apparently – career-altering collision, horrifically. The next day, his teammate was discovered dead. That was when Skaggs was was found. And his college coach died two days after that. So this poor guy has oh, been through Lord. so much. And to be DFA'd on top of it, I mean, I don't know. This is where, you know, business practicality collides with life and what that's about. But it's just it's really sad. Did he get picked up by anybody? I don't think so. I mean, at least not right now. All right. More to come on that, I hope. Maybe there'll be a happy ending later. Let's let's hope for. Another um, injury that we had talked about a year ago in April 2018 was Danny Farquhar, who had a brain hemorrhage during the game, who was a pitcher for the White Sox. Um, It was encouraging seeing him recuperate. He got picked up off the season by the Yankees, and he was playing in their AAA. Apparently, he only had a couple of outings and was not quite there. And he said things like he realized he needed a lot more time. It was going to be a long haul. They released him in June, but the happy ending on that one is that he just got picked up for a pitching coach position with the White Sox. And who knows in the future if he'll be able to pitch again, but at least this is something that he's going to be able to do now. And it's with their AAA affiliate, the Birmingham Barons. And the best part for you, my friend. What is that? The manager of that team is Omar Vizquel. I love Omar. Okay, that's a happy landing right there. I hope it's good for both of them. More about pitchers. I like to say that pitchers are athletes. 
I get shot down about that a little bit. Okay, okay, wait, wait. I, I agree that they're athletes. I don't think that they have to be completely well-rounded athletes. How about that? Sure. When I okay. say athletes, I mean well-rounded okay. athletes. I mean, they could, they can, you know, they have a variety of skills, yeah. not just one skill. So the Phillies um, had this, against the White Sox, had this ginormous extra inning game, and they were running out of pitchers and any number of things. So they put... A starting pitcher, the Phillies put their starting pitcher, Vince Velasquez, a starting pitcher, in the outfield to play left field because he had started recently, so he couldn't pitch in relief. And they were running out of bench guys. So they had to put a pitcher out in left field. And they put an outfielder in, Roman Quinn, to pitch the 14th. All right? Are you with me here? Okay. So apparently Velasquez is a freaking amazing outfielder. He threw out Abreu at the plate. From left field, he almost threw out another guy. Outfield assist. This is a huge. He threw yeah. 95 miles an hour all the way from left field. And he also made a diving catch that ended the 15th. So that was kind of awesome. They went on to lose to the White Sox, but it wasn't for lack of trying on the part of Vince Velasquez, possibly the greatest left fielder in the history of the Phillies. Okay, I'm kidding about that a little bit, but that day, (laughs) he sure was. There's some real creativity with the management of that. I'll give you that. They were running out of people and said, hey, you know. Would be afraid of hurting my pitcher laying out that way. You know what? Everybody can get hurt laying out like that. (laughs) See, that's my whole thing is that anybody can get hurt at any time. So So the Nats, um, as, as Potty Mouth referred to earlier, a part of their whole um, Hunter Strickland, all that, along with Hunter Strickland, who came actually came over from the Mariners because he'd moved from the Giants to the Mariners um, since the kerfluffle with Bryce Harper and all of that. He came over with Rowenis Elias, um, another pitcher, another relief pitcher to the Nats. So he had his debut the other day. He came in, he got the two outs he needed. The pitcher's spot was coming up second, but he had pitched so well they thought, you know what? Let's go ahead and go ahead and bat because we want to keep you in because you're doing well. We don't want to lose you. And Davey Martinez, the manager, said, don't swing. He says, I told him in English and Spanish several times, don't (laughs) Don't swing. Don't do it. And the first thing that you will hear when there's an interview with Elias, he said, I was told not to swing. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. But I felt like I wanted to help my team. So. He takes a pretty good cut. Let me guess, he didn't help his team. He didn't. He broke his bat and he pulled his hamstring on the oh. way to first. And here's the thing. He came from the American League, so he had no batting experience in recent history because the American League does not believe that pitchers are athletes. And the other question is, whose bat did he break? Because he came from the American League where he wasn't batting, so he didn't have his own bats. He broke a new teammate's bat. Yeah, you know. The, the, the Come whole, on, that part's I, funny. It, pa- it is pause funny. and think that it, part's it's funny. It's totally funny. Thank you. Okay, totally go ahead. Funny. Go ahead. Go totally ahead, funny. I was well, and you know, I don't have another good example. This is kind of pathetic. I'm going to be like arguing your side that Trevor Brower getting traded to the Reds looked, you know, in his very serious, he doesn't have much emotion when he speaks face was like, I don't like batting. This is not something I do. I am not looking forward to this. But you know what? He's a science guy. He's going to watch tapes. He is going to get in the (laughs) in the cage and he's going to figure out how to bat. He's going to do it with science and he's probably going to not embarrass himself. He'll be a good bunter, maybe. Maybe we'll a good bunter. We'll see. Yeah, All maybe. Right. Maybe that's strategic, and he likes the strategery. Mm-hmm. I want to talk briefly about the Reds-Pirates brawl that happened earlier this week, just because the fallout fascinates me. 
It's so complicated, though. So six players and both teams' managers got suspended because of this brawl. This brawl lasted like the whole game. Mm -hmm. Things were happening across the whole game until it finally cleared the benches. So Keon Kila is the pitcher for the Pirates who threw at Dietrich's head, the so the batter for the Reds. Which threw we at his head. disapprove of on we a absolutely basis. Do. He had the, the harshest consequences. He was suspended for 10 games. And that's a lot. For a pitcher, it probably means he's going to miss two or three starts, which isn't huge, but it's still the biggest suspension that was given out. So the Reds manager, David Bell, was suspended for six games, a manager for six games, because he was ejected earlier in the game. But when the brawl broke out, he came back on the field to fight. How old is he? Do I don't know, like 12. <laughs> I don't know. But I the mean, manager coming back on the field to fight, isn't he the guy who's supposed to be like keeping he, things cool? Right, and- right. So I think suspending him for six games is just fine. Totally. And then he tries to rationalize it by saying that if they didn't protect their guy, and by protect they mean, you know, throw punches apparently, then there wouldn't have been any punishment on the pitcher. He feels like, you know, there wouldn't have been like later on, this wouldn't have been reviewed and MLB wouldn't have said you're out for 10 games because you threw at our guy's head. So he thought if there's a brawl, they'll have to issue punishments. Of course, it's like, you know, six guys aren't going to be able to play for a few games and two managers aren't going to be able to play for a couple of games. And how about that? Well, I think MLB has to respond to that and either say, see, we would do it. And here's our evidence of another instance when we've given a pitcher that much of a suspension just for throwing. Without a brawl. Right. Right. Or... Yikes. Like, that's a really shitty way to be operating. The other odd thing that happened was Yasiel Puig was traded to the Cleveland team during this game, right before the brawl happened. So he was still given a three-game suspension. He's got to serve it in Cleveland now. I bet the Cleveland team's excited about that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what you're getting. You're getting Puig. Something's going to happen. Right. Well, they did get his bat, and they're grateful for that already. Um, And a bunch of... But I, you know, it, it tastes like the, the the Cuyahoga River, I guess. Now I don't know. Um, a bunch of other guys got fined, including some players on the IL, because apparently they weren't I enough to not jump off the bench to get into the fight. There's so much wrong with that. So much wrong. Can I talk about something a little more stylish? Oh, do. I want to talk about, so it's a, it's a pitcher we know, Brandon Kinsler, who used to be a relief pitcher with our, our beloved Nationals, who now apparently pays for, plays. For the Cubs, who I think the Cubs pay for him? Actually, yeah, that's that's how that works. Middle of the eighth inning, he gets called by the home plate umpire to change his glove. That the the glove was not an approved color. He it was kind of a charcoal gray glove, and he had his emergency backup glove. So somebody ran in and got out his black glove, and that was okay. And luckily, it didn't affect his play. He had struck out Lorenzo Can right before and struck out Christian Yelich right after. So that's pretty cool. He thought that it was the Brewers screwing with him. Like, what are you doing, guys? But it wasn't. It was just the umpire. But so what did this glove just magically appeared on his on his hand? The the new one? Oh, the, no, old the gray one? one. Oh, no, this is the best part. So Joe Madden, the manager, says, you realize he's been using that glove all year. You know what all year means? What does all year he mean? He has played 47 games <laughs> with the glove that the, this umpire in the middle of his outing felt the urge to go out and change. And I could not find any further information on this. I mean, even if he only used it that game, he had been playing with it already in that mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. without without notice, without a foul being called on this. It was a fashion foul. It is a, a huge fashion foul. And it's a really attractive shade of gray. I think it's a, yeah. a nice move for Which a of glove. the 50 shades of gray is it? <laughs> 
Oh, oh no. So, we better not go there. So my suspicion is that it was a, a neutral enough color that there wasn't a lot of contrast with the ball, and that might have been it. But if that was it, maybe 47 games ago would have been a better time to say it. Or maybe this was just a very color-sensitive umpire, like colorblindish, and you he know, couldn't. Like, maybe it was maybe. his eyesight that was the issue. The Cubs get this a lot. I mean, wasn't um, – who was it on the on the Cubs with the cleats? Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, but, no, it was, um, it was the catcher with his sleeve. No, 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 no. There, oh, there was, was a black ad- cleats. It yeah. was the black cleats that I was thinking of. Oh, I lost track of that. Never mind. But yeah. also the Cubs so seem to be goes. getting nabbed right. for right. You know, for uniform fouls. Yeah, but that was Wilson Contreras with his with his That's sleeve. Okay, yep. And then somebody with the cleats who will have to go back and do that research. Yeah. Dang True. it. Okay. All right. Hey, so protective netting is super fun, as it turns out. So all you folks who have been complaining that you can't see through it, well, number one, you're lying because it's invisible at Nats Park, for one thing. We've seen the new netting, and it's freaking invisible. But two – It's now making highlight reels. Please go find video of Jeff McNeil catching a foul in right field near the foul pole when they're playing at the White Sox because because the netting is there, the outfielders, well, any of the players don't have to worry that, oh my God, I'm getting close to the wall and you know, or I'm gonna flip over the wall. They can go full board to make the catch. So he made a catch going top speed and basically leapt into the netting, curled into like a tuck position and was flung back with like a, a you know, a, a double pike something, you know, half spin back yeah. onto the field. And it was spectacular. And the guys, the guys in the stands didn't spill their beers or their popcorn. And then at the other end of the park, back in Yankee Stadium, Urshela is going after a foul ball. And same thing happens to him. He catches the foul ball and then does, in fact, hit the wall. But he lands into the netting and does not injure the people sitting in that front row, which probably, you know, it would have been pretty scary to see this guy coming flying at you, totally. landing in your lap. And so people are not only safer from thrown from bats that fly out of your hands or or line drives but also from 180 pound you know outfielders and third basemen coming running at you at full speed yeah and they're going to be making more catches as a red sox fan that urshela one was cr- pretty crappy because the ball was like just barely in his glove and it was if a the snow cone netting, catch yeah if the netting hadn't been there he would have dumped it but so oh, there will be well. more spectacular plays because of the netting and they'll make the highlight reel and you'll enjoy watching them. So get off your high horse and yeah. be glad the netting's there. And somebody needs to get that boing, 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 boing sound effect oh, going. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. I like it. Baseball for all nationals. Isn't that girls playing baseball? It is. Yay. There are a lot of girls playing baseball and it is really catching fire. It's like 350 at this tournament. And they've been doing some amazing baseball. There's been stuff on Facebook Live. You can go back and look it up, look it up under Baseball for All or the Boston Slammers or DC Force. Um, I was trying to get the results before recording. We're recording on Sunday night. The the tournament ended today, and the webpage hadn't quite updated the absolute winners. So the only absolute winners I know is in the nine um, and up age group, nine which under. is nine and under. under. I That's did it. that again. Damn it. Yeah, it's okay. Nine and under LA Monarchs, um, who beat the Arizona Peaches. And the 11 and under, I'm not sure if it was the LA Monarchs or the East Bay Hurricanes. 13 and under is definitely from Boston, but Boston Slammers had two teams and they Faced each each other other in the championship. How cool is that? 15 and under, it's either the New York Wonders or the Pioneers, and I'm not sure where they're from. And then 18 and under, the San Francisco Evolution, I believe they won last year. They were playing the Windy City Huskies. So lots of teams, lots of girls playing. Check it out. We will definitely put links in our show notes. 
There was a little bit of cross-training this week that I feel like I need to mention because it happened in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. You may remember me talking about Baker Mayfield being a good friend of Christian Yelich and trying to promote him for MVP last year. Well, he is, you know, firmly enmeshed in the world of Cleveland now. And so he went to a Cleveland game wearing his Francisco Lindor jersey, which I'm very excited about. Nice choice. The game he went to, Cleveland was losing. They had not... They were being shut out. Right before the fifth inning, he appears on the Jumbotron. Somebody shows him a beer. My daughter wants me to tell you for sure that he used his teeth to poke a hole in the beer so he could shotgun it. He did not need a tool for the job. He used his teeth, shotgunned a beer. There was great rejoicing, and the Cleveland team then had a five-run inning following that. So your your message to me is that I should have a beer on hand in case we show up on the Jumbotron. So that I can immediately shotgun it and incite a rally. Yes. I That's, thought it was just the hats that were going to do it. That, but if you can have a can ready at all times, and can you do it with your teeth, though? Can you open the can? That is can a you poke the creepy. hole with your teeth? I don't think so. So two other side notes about that that allowed the Cleveland team and also the Cleveland Browns to throw some shade to the Packers. Because if you remember Christian Yelich doing, you know, chugging a beer. He chugged well. At, yeah, at a, at a basketball game. And then the, um, the quarterback for the Packers, unable to manage to chug a beer, much to the distress of many people worldwide. So hey, let's just say the Cleveland guy can do it in spite of the fact that he has a terrible mustache. So grooming note, the mustache has got to go, but he's giving hilarious, Baker Mayfield is giving hilarious interviews about it. So I combined grooming and cross-training and beer and baseball in one story. Top that. That so is amazing. We forgot about that. I think we've kind of covered all the bases on today's all show. All the bases. We've every one of them. Check oh, it out. That. Oh, and I forgot to give you props. Like, thank you very much. Patty gave me a gift today. It is a shark attack bracelet ruler. So it is multifunctional. It will remind me during the school year of where my heart really is with uh, Gerardo Parra and, and Baby Shark and the gnats. And it's, yeah, it's great. And it's a school Thank supply because we're getting ready. We're doing back to school shopping for our kids who are going off to college. Ooh, back to school. You know, that's, I'm going to be doing some more of that this week. We don't have any home games this week for the Nats. So I'm going to be doing the like getting the kid ready to launch. But also, you know what else I'm going to do this week? What are you going to do? This talk about netting reminds me of <laughs> webbing. And I'm thinking, I haven't seen the Spider Man movie yet. So maybe that's something I will do this week while I am, while the Nats are on the West Coast so I can watch their games when I come back from the movies. So I'm not being quite as a responsible parent as you. <laughs> Mr. Pottymouth and I are escaping to Fenway. If anybody is out there listening on Tuesday, we are going to be at Fenway Tuesday night. So give listen us- for the swearing. Oh, that'll be easy to pick out right. in Fenway. <laughs> Where do you think I learned it? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. So yeah, do drop us a line on on Twitter at what are we on Twitter? NCIB Podcast or, or Facebook. I'll find that too, which is No, no Crying in B-Ball. Hey, so um, we've got some uh, an- another disturbance in the force of the of the boyfriend league. Whoops! As I was like waiting to sign up, yes, yes, I forgot our fantasy baseball boyfriend league. This league we've put together with these baseball boyfriends we have chosen, and we've invited some of our friends, etc., to join us in this league. Number one this week, who reminded me this morning, is the leftovers, aka Mister Potty Mouth, who has a pretty good lead now over El Wombo, and then you're chugging in at third. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping. I'm dropping fast. I think C. Max Scherzer on the IL above and a couple of other changes in pitching that are causing me to sink a little bit. So now I'm holding on by fingernails as there opposed is, to like cruising. Then there's nowhere further for me to drop because I am the basement. And I would I would hope that my recent changes would help, but uh, I don't know. We'll give it a week. We'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens next week. And during this week, 
please feel free to tell your friends about the show. If you have a chance to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or write us a review, we would appreciate that. That helps other people find us. Go back and check out a past show or two. You can find those on our website, nocryingandbball.com. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth.